PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Howdy, everybody. Welcome in. My name is Chris Kiefer, and this is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Thank you guys for joining me here today. Thank you for downloading this episode. As you guys know, if you're listening to this, you're an off-road guy, or maybe you are split down the middle, 50-50. Today, we're going to talk about which off-road bikes is best suited for you. We'll go over some things, some specific areas that I feel like needs to be addressed, type of rider you are, east or west coast, maybe you're a moto and off-road guy, so a lot of things to cover in this special off-road edition of the Kiefer Tested Podcast. But first thing is first, this is, of course, sponsored by RockyMountainATVMC.com, and they are the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. So easy. Well, you guys should be over there right now. But first, as you guys have been doing, and thank you very much, go to KieferInkTesting.com. Click on the Rocky Mountain banner, and then continue to do your shopping. That helps us out, lets them know that you're listening, that you like this podcast, and we're just not a bunch of dummies over here. So we appreciate you guys doing that, to have done that, and it looks like people are shopping right now. That's good for our industry, and we want to keep that up while this COVID crisis is going on. So uh, thank you guys for shopping over there. It means a lot to me, and of course, keeps these things up and running and moving along. So. Of course, Racetech, Racetech.com. Go get your suspension rebuilt, at least your bushings. Get some oil in there. Do some things to your suspension. Man, it's it's a huge difference. I had a set of suspensions on there for 25 hours and went and got it rebuilt. I felt like I could hit bumps a little bit harder because my bike didn't wallow as bad. So simply put, go to Racetech.com, email me. Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you in contact with someone over there, get you a discount, and send you on your merry way down the track or trail. You guys off-road? Hell yeah, you are. FlyRacing.com. They got off-road gear. Do it up. Patrol wear? That's right. That's what it's called, patrol. We did a review on it, at least the jacket. They got some really cool off-road-specific type of gear. Go check that out, please. We do that stuff over here right from the garage. We go off-road riding trails five miles away. We got single track. We got rocks. We don't got the slick rock or like the East Coast conditions like you guys do, but we test some of that stuff up in there. So go check it out, flyracing.com. And I want to mention a special, uh, another WPS member here, Firepower. You guys want to upgrade your chain or get a lighter battery? firepowerparts.com. I know a bunch of you guys have gotten the firepower in your Yamaha, so um, you can go there to firepowerparts.com and check out everything they have to offer. They even got oil now, so go look at it. It's good stuff. All right, so like I said, we're going to talk about four brands today. Some of you guys are going to be like freaking out thinking, oh, Kiefer, man, you didn't talk about the Beta or the Sherco. Relax. 
this is what I know, this is what I've written, and this is the advice I can give you. I can't really give you accurate information on the Shurkos, Gas Gas, or even the Betas as of right now. I am going to ride the Shurko this week, uh, special race edition, GNCC type, factory Shurko, but I am working on getting some of those other tests worked out with those manufacturers, Especially Beta, I know I want to ride some Betas. I did a lot of that stuff at Dirt Rider Magazine, and those bikes are sneaky good. I like those bikes a lot. I haven't really had a lot of time on Shurkos, but looking forward to ride some of those as well. So stay glued to keferinktesting.com, and we will have some of that stuff up there soon. All right, let's break down some of Yamaha's off-road products that I have ridden, that I have an experience with. So YZ125X, YZ250X, YZ450FX, and a YZ250FX. These four models, man, there's a lot to be said, even though I hate on two-strokes at times. But that's the motocross version. I still feel like as an off-road rider in tighter conditions, I prefer a two-stroke. Yes, I did say that. Can you believe that? The YZ125X is, man, <laughs> it is a blast to ride. It's crazy to think what Yamaha did to this bike versus the Moto version. It has, it's raked out more, 18-inch rear wheel. There's a different cylinder head. They did all these, even the CDI is mapped for off-road conditions. So if you're a YZ125 kid like my kid is, when he rode the 125X, he almost preferred that bike better because it was a little bit more planted and stable in a lot of areas when he rode moto. So I almost think this 125X could be a moto bike as well. But if you're looking to get your kid into off-road riding and having a good solid bike underneath him that's easy to ride, is not as pipey, look at the 125, 125X. You're a, you're a, you're a two-stroke diehard, but yet you want to go ride a lot of off-road you don't do moto that much. You're not going to be jumping, and you want to keep the cost low. I like a 250X for that reason. It is still a little pipey and hard to handle at times, but I do know you put a heavier flywheel weight, Steely. If you ever look on the website, they have all different kinds of weights and sizes for all different types of riders, and you can get that 250X to calm down. That is key to getting that bike to be real track Lots of tracking when you come out of like these sandy washes. I have a bad side to side movement because it's kind of it's kind of a jumpy power. It's a normal two stroke power that it's hard for me to get used to in rough conditions. Now, if I'm in flowy conditions like here in the West Coast, I don't mind that bike as much, but I still prefer a smoother power. Maybe it's because I'm a four stroke guy and I'm used to that power all the time. But if I was riding, I wanted to have some fun and I wanted to go longer with my buddies, I will look into a flywheel weight on this 250X. Now, the 450 and 250FXs, probably to me, and I'll, and I'll go over this a little bit on this podcast, some of my favorite bikes that I'm going to talk about, but the YZ250FX is one of three of my favorites in this whole podcast. Very fun, very easy to ride, very torquey. No matter what size you are, big, small, this 250FX can haul your ass around and you'll be able to have a huge smile on your face because it's that much fun to ride. It is a blast to ride. Uh, some of my guys, Michael Allen and Dallas Dunn, they went back east and rode this thing. They couldn't believe how well and how good this stuff did the, you know, 
did the tight stuff and the slick and snotty stuff. And then they rode the 450FX back there in South Carolina. They're like, holy shit, it's too much bike. So for me, if I was looking to have fun and I wanted to ride and uh, at least be able to ride and hold on to this thing more than two hours on a trail ride, I'm looking towards the 250FX. However, for me, YZ450FX, you're a West Coast guy and you want to ride some GPs, some works races. The FX is very stable easy to ride because it's like a flowier type of condition. To me, anything back east, I'd be all 250FX all day. That's that's how I would roll. So Yamaha is offering some off-road products. Specifically, to me, the 125X has a lot of different characters to it than its moto version. The 250X, there's not a lot of separation between the moto and the off-road version besides the, you know some of the off-road stuff like you know, kickstands and 18-inch rear wheels and things like that. But at least Yamaha is kind of understanding now, like, hey, we got to get our shit together in the off-road department because there is a lot more people riding off-road than there is motocross. That's plain and simple. There's more families spending time with each other out there, and the manufacturers, at least the Japanese manufacturers, need to figure that out. Like, hey, we need to keep evolving some off-road product, and if that's two strokes, then let's do that because that keeps costs down, and our sport growing. So I do like that about the two-strokes. Just because <laughs> I really want to get this across because I know some of you guys are crazy about two-strokes. It's not like I would never own one. It's just not my first go-to when I'm looking to get a bike and for me to have fun and be able to ride how I want to ride. I just prefer a four-stroke. So Yamaha, kudos for trying to get some different stuff out there for us. All right, let's let's lump in KTM and Husqvarna. They hate it when I do this, but I'm just going to lump them in. Look, straight up, I'm just going to jump to this right now. If you are not a an, a special enduro rider or uh, a tight, really woods type of guy, extreme type of rider, it's going to be a little bit for you to get used to the TPI from KTM and Husqvarna. Right now, we have a 300 TPI Husqvarna. Michael Allen, he's my test guy. He's racing it in off-road West Coast stuff. And he just feels like there's not a lot of bottom in. It's really smooth. To me, tailor-made for those East Coast conditions where it's slippery and snotty or very, very tight. We simply do not have that much gnarly, tight condition out here, at least in California. Um our guy, Michael Allen, is racing in the District 37 Sprint Enduro Series, and it's tight in areas, but not uh, through the whole special test. Maybe a couple miles of that and then some open stuff. So he would like a little bit more power for the 300 TPI. So I get a lot of questions about TPI bikes. To me, I prefer carbureted two-strokes just because of the throttle response and that feeling when I need some of that. It's not as smooth, but if you're looking for more of a four-stroke-esque power the tpis are very good tx 300i and of course man ktm has a whole line i can sit here and talk about that on different podcasts about how much tpi they have from 150 and up so they have all different types of sizes and uh things for you guys out there that you guys want to adapt to like the xcf so the xcf for me 250 350 450 is Similar to that of the FX line. It's more of a hybrid race bike. To me, Like I prefer this machine if I was more of a 50-50 type of guy. 
I like that it still has that linear power feel like the SXs do. To me, they would should should have gone to a spring fork off-road. You're building up air just over time, three to four hours. Your fork's going to change. So that is something you got to look into on the Husqvarna's and the KTM's. But, man, these power plants are easy and fun to ride. So 350 or 450, which are you, right? Husqvarna offers each in the four-stroke category. This is how I put it to people. If you have... Uh, obviously you're going to have some money because it's Husqvarna and KTM are a little bit more expensive and you can't decide which to buy. If you're used to a 450 power plant, power plant, you're not going to be overly excited, overjoyed about the 350 because you will have to ride it a little bit more aggressive because of the lack of torque. The old saying goes, there's no replacement for displacement. That holds true with 350 versus 450. Now, if you're a smaller guy, lighter guy, you like to, and honestly, you like to have a lighter feel, and yes, the 350 does feel a little bit lighter in tighter sections, you might look towards that model because it's a little bit easier to ride side to side, weight feeling when it gets to that tight stuff. If you're a 250F kind of guy, you like to ride your bike high in the revs, you're an aggressive rider, you're going to love a 350 because it has more than a 250 torque-wise. And once you're up to the mid to top range, it almost feels like a 450. I get that question a lot as I don't know which I should buy, 250, 350, 450. I always say if you're a bigger guy, always try to go to a 450. If you're in between and you like a little bit of a lighter feel and you like to rev your bike, a 350 is fine. And then if you're just a, you're new to your sport and you have some money, because like I said, 10 grand for this bike, 250s are fun, and it's easy to ride. I like that because of if you're new to the sport, okay, you don't have a lot of strength or know-how to hold on to a machine. A 250 power plant, just like in motocross, is easy and fun to ride in off-road conditions. I would rather have a 250 anywhere all day long unless I'm riding dunes or I'm climbing hills. I always have way more fun on a 250F when I'm trail riding. The thing you will have to worry about a little bit when you go to like a 250XCF is just simply soft suspension. So if you're a bigger dude, you're going to have to get your suspension done ASAP because it'll simply just be undersprung for you. That doesn't mean that it's not the right bike for heavier guys. And when I say heavier guys, I'm talking to upwards of 200 pounds. I've been with guys on trail rides before that are 200 plus pounds and they're simply gassed at an hour, hour and a half into our trail ride because they have this bitchin' 450, it's all decked out, but they can't control the power. You guys got to learn, you're doing this for enjoyment of the ride. That's what I would assume you have this bike for. Not to make it look cool and have this power and be a dick measuring contest when you should just be out having fun with your buddies and have a bike that you could ride the best. That's what I'm going to try to do in this podcast, kind of steer you in that direction so you're not that guy 90 minutes in your trail ride and your tongue's in your spokes, and now you got to have some dude freaking ride with you back to the truck, which is that is called the ride of shame, and you will never be invited back to that trail ride again. So 
You don't need a big bike. You just have to get some things dialed into your small bike, and I can guarantee you you're going to smoke your buddies on these trail rides when you get in these tight areas because your bike just simply works better and is lighter than his big-ass 450 that he can't take advantage of in that tight area. So I don't know how many times I've told people, how, how many times have you held that 450 wide open? Not very much. Unlike motocross, I would love to keep a smaller bore off-road machine and have a bigger 450 MX machine. Why? Because I need that power in the in the motocross world to get over jumps right out of a corner, to make it easier on myself to get up hills, or to simply get out of corners when it's all churned up and dissed up. Off-road is not like that. Off-road, you got condi- you don't got prepped conditions. You guys listening to this right now, you ain't no pussy, right? You're an off-road rider. You call us pussies. Because we're doing 30 minutes. You guys are out there for three freaking hours. You guys are gnarly dudes, right? So you don't need the big bike to send it for three hours. Just get a bike that's manageable. And I I have those in my notes in this podcast to really try to tell you guys that you don't need big machines to have fun in off-road racing. Man, it's just simply put, it's just way more fun to be able to manhandle something for a longer period of time than have it manhandle you. So just know that. All right, moving on to a Honda. CRF 250RX, CRF uh, 450RX, and of course the CRF 450X and 250X. Honda has some fun bikes. And man, I'm going to tell you something right now. One of the best machines that I have ridden, like prepped race machines, has been Ricky Brabeck's old JCR Honda 450X, the older frame. It was comfortable. The motor was good. It was trackable. I could lug it. It didn't deflect. And then I rode Ricky's uh, CRF 450X at a National Heron Hound last year, and it just wasn't as compliant. It was really good. Just wasn't as cozy at high speeds as his old frame X. So you guys listening to this that has an older frame X, hang on to that sucker because that thing is like gold. It's Really, really good, has a lot of compliancy, and is a comfortable ride. So so the RX line for me in Honda is just more of like I'm a 50-50 rider. The 250 and 450 RXs are a stiffer nature chassis, just like the Honda uh, Rs, okay? And it takes some work to get some compliancy out of those machines. I've had guys say, hey, man, I got an RX, and it's just a lot for me to ride. Yeah. No shit, because it's a little bit rigid. You would think having an off-road-ish bike would be a little bit better for compliancy. It's not much better than the R out on these trails. So if you're looking more for a trail bike, look towards the X models. They are plugged up. They are choked up. They're not very fast. They're really smooth, easy-to-ride bikes. So if you're looking for that, that's perfect for you. To me, a 250X is perfect for your lady that knows how to ride a little bit, that can get around. She's a fairly good novice rider. It's easy for her to ride. There's not a lot of power. She won't get in trouble as fast as other bikes. And they start on time. They're reliable. The 250X for me is the way to go for that type of rider. The 450X, you can do some work. You guys can, you know, I know a lot of guys. Uh, even though they're not supposed to do this, they do dual sport 
those X's still. And there is states that you can get that done in, so just know that. I do like the fact that Honda still offers off-road bikes and they're developing the X's. I just wish Honda would switch to more compliancy for off-road specific motorcycles. I know they're working on it and they'll get there, but I just like to have a lot more comfort in my off-road machines. All right, so that is the basis of what we're talking about today. Those are the four brands. These are the bikes that we will be categorizing, I guess I would say, and we're going to try to break it down. So if you're in the market for these bikes, here's the kind of rider that I've broken these down into. A GNCC type of rider, a techie type of rider, a West Coast GP rider, a trail rider, you're new to the off-road racing world or just new to off-road in general. And of course, you're a bigger guy, smaller guy, and if you're split down the middle, you're a 50-50 off-road to moto type of rider. These are the categories we're going to break down. Just got a quick commercial break here. Hang tight. Get a discount code. Save yourself some money. Smile. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Commercial time. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother, bleep, nah, flying machine factory, that's what it stands for, go to fmfracing.com, you got a four stroke, two stroke, they've got what you need, trust me, older two stroke pipes and silencers, they have it, they still make them, you got a newer four stroke, you want some extra horsepower, they got that too, but most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool. You want to wear a cool hat, or you're a two-stroke guy, and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me, it's real. there's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt, and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So. Go to fmfracing.com, save yourself some money, and of course, you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me, they're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the dining room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, handing the the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude. FMFRacing.com. Go visit the site. It's a cool site. Go get some merch. Save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc. Thank you, guys. Just because you're older, guys, doesn't mean you should stop racing. Look, I'm 43 years old. I love racing. I love it. So there is a club, Old Timers MX. More importantly, Oregon Old Timers MX. There are some races happening that are fun. You get long motos, and you get to hang out with your buddies and go home happy. Your wife will be happy because you'll be happy. So do it. Arizona Canyon MX Park, February 29th through March 1st. And then we got another one coming up, SoCal Glen Helen. Oh, man, you know I'll be there. 
April 18th to the 19th. The whole schedule is up on OregonOldTimers.com. They go to Nevada. They go to Montana. They go to Washington. Even British Columbia. Even Hangtown. Go check them out. OregonOldTimers.com. And if you guys end up going to these races, the first five guys that sign up and list Kiefering Testing as a sponsor, show me the proof on my email. I will reimburse your entry fee. The first five guys. That's right. That's how committed I am for you guys out there to go race. Don't be this old dude that sits at home and doesn't want to go ride, doesn't go race. Go do it. OregonOldTimers.com. Canyon's coming up. Arizona. And Glen Helen. I will see you guys at Glen Helen. First five guys, show me proof. Chris at KeeferingTesting.com. I'll reimburse your entry forms. Crazy! Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils. Blood Power Sports Series. The Blood Racing Pro Series. And the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike, Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sports Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff. Because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And, of course, they have oil, too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool, firepowerparts.com. Hey, you guys looking to get a KTM? You want to get the best price on one? Carson City Motorsports is Northern Nevada's largest KTM and Husqvarna dealership. That's right, Husqvarna's as well. They have the largest KTM and Husqvarna inventory around with their new 10,000-square-foot vehicle showroom, making it easy to find whatever you are looking for. Head over to Carson City Motorsports. It's the only Northern Nevada Arctic Cat dealership as well. And, of course, mention my name and get a special deal on either a KTM 
Articat, or a Husqvarna. Hit me up over at Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over at Carson City Motorsports and get you down the road with a new motorcycle. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. Pro Taper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyfring testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or... Maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720 212 Four six eight five Plum Creek Funding. Zach Morris, hit him up. So let's kick it right off with the GNCC type of guy. You like to go out to these GNCC races, which hopefully we will get back to racing very, very soon. And you like to have a good time. You go out camping, but you want a bike that you're still competitive. You still like to do good, and you want a bike that's not going to take a shit on you when you're riding in that sloppy-ass condition that you're about to face. So for me, again... YZ250FX, lots of torque, lots of fun, reliable. But as I ride these back-to-back, I ride the CRF250RX, okay? No, you don't have a spark arrestor on the RX. I get it. Neither do you do on the on the FX. But you can get spark arrestor and slip-on mufflers and have a good time. Once that, and you're all legal, okay? You're going to go racing on this GNCC day. I would rather have CRF 250RX to me. Bike feels light, feels free. I have a lot of fun on this bike because of simply how easy it is to put in certain areas of the trail. I want to move around if I have a really ruddy condition. The RX does it with ease. No, it doesn't have as much torque as a Yamaha, but to me, it's still easier to ride and lug around. No, the Honda doesn't have that third gear lug ability like the Yamaha, but it's just for me more fun, more enjoyable for me to ride in tighter conditions. Now, if I lived on the West Coast and I was more of a smaller guy trying to ride some work stuff, I would look more towards a YZ250FX because of stability reasons, plain and simple. So easy to ride in the in the East Coast wet conditions for me on the RX versus the FX on the West Coast, a little bit more stable and planted. So GNCC, guys, take a hard look 
add a 250FX or a 250RX. To me, as we categorize these things, and the KTM hasn't been mentioned because the 250XCF doesn't have that exciting feeling bottom to mid. Yes, the Honda has more throttle response. It's poppier. It feels lighter. The 250XCF just doesn't feel as light as the Yamaha or the Honda, so it makes me point towards the Japanese bikes. If I liked a real lazy power and I wasn't really competitive and I just wanted to ride, I would choose a 250XCF just to be a trail rider. That's moving on to our next category. If you're just a trail rider, you don't want to go racing, you just want to have a good time, you're out with your buddies, 250XCF for me is a very good machine. It's light enough to be like, okay, I'm not going to get tired on a four-hour day, but yet it's not going to tire you out as well because it's going to have much pop or much RPM response as you want in those race conditions. I'm a trail rider. I'm cruising, right? 250XCF or a 350XCF is perfect in those conditions. I like those bikes because to me, longer days, I can have more fun. I don't have to worry about hauling my butt around if I have to go into a deep in a canyon or somewhere really tight where these guys are struggling on their 450s. What about if you're a West Coast guy? You're competitive. You still want to go race on these weekends, the West Coast GP series, or you want to go ride the work series. Which bike works really good? I usually would put the Husqvarna FX 450 here if only it had a spring fork. I love the power delivery. I love how broad it is. It's very fast up on top, and it feels light, and it's more compliant than the 450 XCF. To me, best overall stability for a faster type of race condition. It's hard to beat a YZ450FX. Plain and simple, it has more bump absorption than any other bike in this class. So I would look towards a Yamaha first. If you have money and you have access to get your suspension done or put a spring on that sucker, I would lean more towards the Husky once that fork is on there because it is simply just lighter and easier to ride in a two-hour race than a Yamaha. But if you're just buying a bike and you want to hop on it and race and you want to go fast, you want some stability, hard to beat a YZ450FX. Now, if you're a technical guy, there's not a lot of you guys out there. I don't meet a lot of guys say, hey, man, I'm an extreme enduro rider. Never met them besides the guys that are getting paid to do it. But there are some dudes that want to go do a little bit of tough riding, get in some canyons with their buddies, and they need a bike that's easy to ride and get in and out of those situations. That's where I would recommend a TPI bike for you guys. 300 TPI, very easy, light feeling, lighter than a four-stroke, has traction similar to a four-stroke, and for a two-stroke, the delivery is very smooth and easy to ride, so it has a lot of lugability. That's the thing that I really try to concentrate on when I'm inside these tight areas. A lot of us panic, especially moto guys that ride off-road. We panic and go, Brah! and just freaking launch it, but you got to lug it and, and get out of there and get traction. This is where I've kind of studied these off-road guys, man. They're not spinning their rear wheel at all. They're not lighting it up. Those engines are l really luggy, and they're high, and they're like, you think you're going to stall it, but you're not. But that's how you get out of those situations. So Michael Allen is in charge of our 300 TPI bike, that the TX300i from Husqvarna. 
and he loves it in those situations. I just think he picked the wrong series to race this type of bike. But nonetheless, we're going to do it. We're going to see how it is, what it does, what it doesn't do. So if you guys like some of that what-ifs, go check out keyforinktesting.com. We'll have some more information about the TX300i in race conditions. All right, so you're new to off-road. We're going to categorize you guys a little different. You got new to off-road light guys, and you got new to off-road heavier guys. Simply put, new to off-road and you're a lighter guy, the YZ125X is fun. Easy to ride. So easy to ride for a 125. I couldn't even believe how much different it feels than the YZ125, and they've done a lot to that bike. So if you're a lighter guy, you want to go have some fun, keep the cost down to get a new bike, go look at the YZ125X. And if you're a little bit of a heavier guy and you're new to off-road, and, and heavier in far as 200 plus. I like the fact that you can go get a KTM or Husqvarna. Either way, you can get an XCF 450 or you can get the FX 450 and have a great time and it's easy to ride. That's the main thing for me here. I don't want you guys getting into a situation on a YZ450X where you have a lot of power and that could get you in a hurtful situation. Same goes for the Honda CRF 450RX. And even for me, the CRF 450X. The 450X still has a lot of response to you new guys. So the KTM, easy to ride. You can still lug it. Starts easy. Feels light. I like that Husqvarna KTM kept their, their weight down and their bike smooth because that fits a lot of new to off-road type of guys. So you can look that direction. Again, you're let's let's paint this picture. I don't have this in the category, but I want to mention this. You're new to off-road or just you want to buy a used bike. What should you get? What year? What do you want? Okay? One of the best bikes that I have ridden ever ever in off-road conditions is a KTM 200. The KTM 200 is so torquey and so much traction for a small bore machine. I can't get over how much torque this little bike has. It ha honestly, in tight section, it feels like a 350 four stroke. How much torque this little bike has? It's insane. So, if you guys can find a used KTM 200 two stroke, those things are great, easy to ride, fun to ride, and I feel like there are some out there on. Craigslist, I saw some on the message board the other day that were two of them were for sale. I was even thinking about doing a little rebuild and maybe a little garage build on a KTM 200 and doing a little off-road version on that thing. I raced a couple races on a KTM 200 out here on the West Coast. I rode the 6 hours of Glen Helen and the 12 hours of Glen Helen Ironman and that thing was easy to ride. People were like, "Why are you riding a small bike?" And I'm like, "Dude, this thing was so easy to ride that I could just ride it how I wanted to for six straight hours, didn't get that tired, 12 hours, got dead tired. But if when I'm dead tired, I want to have a light-feeling bike with some torque, and the 200 did it for me. So if you're looking for a used bike, look that direction. Okay, what if you're a bigger dude? Just overall tall, 6'3", 200 pounds, just big dude. I still feel like the Honda is the best ergonomically when you sit on it. Only downside to the RX or the X is the big white tank in the middle, but ergonomically, the Honda cockpit fits 
a wider range of riders. I've had 6'2", 6'3", type of guys sit on all these bikes, and they're like, man, the Honda just feels good when I'm on it. Next up would be the KTM and Husqvarna. Any one of their bikes has a lot of room. So if you're a bigger dude, I would try to stick you on a 450 XCF or a Husqvarna FX450 because of the power rate, weight ratio we got going on and the overall rider triangle of these two machines. They are not as cozy as a Honda, but for me, you can dial in it with your simple bar bend. That's it. On a Yamaha, there's a lot of things going on. I need to drop the pegs down a little bit. The bar bend could be a little bit low. So for me, on the KTM, only thing that really hurts me as a taller dude would be a low bar bend. You can simply get a taller bar bend, don't get as much sweep, and be very happy with the KTM and Husqvarna. If you're a smaller guy, look towards the Yamaha. Plain and easy. 250FX, 450FX, smaller stature guy, 5'6". I know some of you guys have got a little belly on you. Shouldn't matter. 250FX or 450FX. I would recommend 5'6 to 5'9". Smaller guys, easy to get the cockpit dialed in for that size of rider, so look towards that way. If you're a split down the middle, 50-50, I ride 50% moto, 50% off-road, which bike should I get? Look, I'll be straight up with you guys. I don't think that guy exists, honestly. I really don't think that someone split down the middle with each. I always think everyone in that category is a 70-30 type of guy. Either way, either I'm 70% moto, 30% off-road, or vice versa. I just don't feel like someone's splitting their time up equally to ride moto and off-road. Usually one of you guys out there, like one of the other more. So if you're that type of guy, I would put you in straight up into a, a Yamaha YZ250FX or 450FX. It's easiest to moto down on the Yamaha because of the suspension. I would normally say the KTM or Husqvarna would be the best pick for you guys 50-50 in it, but the Air Fort kills it for me. It's very soft in moto, and you want to air it up, and you want to bring it up. You don't want it to drop down, and then it gets super harsh. So that kind of kills it for me. The Yamaha... I can go ride off-road and have a plush feeling still. I can go ride moto, have a little bit of a softer feel, but I'm not bottoming out up faces of jumps or just really getting jacked up because of the balance is so far off. So split 50-50, guys. I would look towards a Yamaha. Fun, exciting power, best suspension in class, and it's reliable. So even if you're 70-30, I would still look that way. They do a great job of providing a bike that does a lot of things good on both sides of the fence so um the last thing i want to kind of mention too is obviously there's cost unlike a moto bike where i always try to hone in on front end rear steering guys what style you have to me off-road is more about cost a lot of you guys out there in the off-road racing world maybe we can't afford to buy a brand new bike a couple year old machines is just fine the thing i always tell guys to do and they look for used bikes is first things first look underneath the frame that is a telltale sign of how used this bike is even though it's not dented or messed up that'll tell you how much time the scrapes the the, the little nicks that it gets 
It could be dented. You have no idea. You look at the bike, you could dress it up with plastic and tires and make it, you know, put a lipstick on a pig and looks great until you look underneath the pig and then you find all the imperfections. So a couple-year-old bike in any one of these bikes, Yamaha, KTM, Husqvarna, Honda, is still really good. Get the hours, look underneath the frame cradle, really inspect it, especially on these KTM and Husqvarna's where they have steel frames. Those have a tendency to get more damaged underneath if the guy doesn't have a skid plate or something. So always look at that. And even if he does have a skid plate, ask him to take it off and look. Because some of these guys, what will happen is they will have some kind of damage underneath the frame cradle, and they will purchase a brand new skid plate and put it on, and you will never know otherwise until the fi- the sale is final, and then you're screwed. So look around. If the bike seems brand new and you got a brand new skiddy on the bottom, ask them to take it off. Look at it. You might think you're weird, but eight times out of ten, you'll see that there is some damage under that frame. So... Very easy to buy used bike. There's a lot of those out there, but there's a lot of shady people that'll try to sell you something that's fucking roached. So I see that more on the off-road side of things than I do the moto side of things. So just be on the lookout for that. Now, going off as far as reliability on all these bikes, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I had 100 hours on all these bikes. I've only ridden each one of these things briefly, some more than others, but not to the extent of putting a ton of hours on these things to get the reliability out there to you guys that I could share. I just know performance, comfort, and what they're doing. And I can tell you right now that most of these bikes do not have that many issues. I know Hondas have some overheating issues at times, but putting a 1.8 radiator cap and then going to like a Boysen water pump has helped the cooling issues on these Hondas over time. So you guys can look into that. But overall, man, off-road racing, off-road riding is very fun. I like to do it. I still try to do it a couple times a year. I know motocross is mostly what I'm about, but that's why I have Michael Allen. He's a dude, The dude loves off-road as much as I love moto. And, of course, I still ride a lot of off-road. It's just I'm more of that 70-30 type of guy that I was talking about earlier. 70% moto, 30% off-road. I ride off-road obviously it's getting summertime here in kind of southern california and it's freaking hot so i'm not about sucking it up going these canyons 104 degrees so i try to stay away from that but at times we will do like we are here thursday we're gonna ride the shirko and we're gonna give you some feedback on some different kind of bikes that we'll be doing on racer x and on keyforinktesting.com so make sure you stick stick around for all that too so that's kind of the rundown for off-road bikes as of right now. If you guys have any other questions, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I will try to help you out. I know this thing wasn't too lengthy, but this will give you a direction of what I feel like will be best for you. And if there's a category that I didn't cover, please feel free to email me. I'm happy to answer them for you. If I have an answer, I will tell you. If I do not, I will simply tell you I don't have an answer for you. I know I let some of you guys down at times when I say, hey, man, I don't know. But I would rather tell you I don't know than act like I know what the fuck I'm talking about and steer you in the wrong direction. So hopefully you guys know that. Hopefully I can help you with the question you have. And if I don't answer them on this podcast, feel free to email me. That's what we're about here at keyforinktesting.com. All right, so next week we'll be back with some Sherco talk. I'm going to talk about the previously Stu Baylor's factory Sherco. That's right, I'm going to ride that sucker. 
Stu is not with Sherco anymore, but we got the bike. We're going to talk about it. We're going to see how it is. I'm very interested. Jamie at Twisted Development built this thing. I'm excited to ride. I've had a lot of experience with him in the past with moto stuff, so I know it's got to be pretty damn good, right? So we're going to test that sucker out on some West Coast conditions. I understand it's not East Coast, but try to give you some feedback. It'll be up on RacerX Films. You can check that out over on racerxonline.com. And looks like we're going to Rocky Mountain next week. We're going to go up to Utah, talk a little bit of moto. We're going to go over some things that Rocky Mountain does. And just going to do a whole tour of the facility. It should be a fun time. So lots of things coming down the pipe. For you guys asking me, what's up with 2021 bikes? Most of the manufacturers are back on the assembly lines and pushing bikes forward. But they have been delayed about 30 to 45 days. So we will see a little bit of a delay and some new bikes. Usually around this time, we'll have new KTM and Husqvarna moto bikes, but looks like it'll be around June until we see that. So Honda should be around September, I think. Uh, I've got a lot of information from a lot of manufacturers because of the COVID crisis, but nonetheless, I was told 30 to 45 days. So if you guys are looking to buy a new moto bike, they'll be at your dealer soon. Just hold tight. A little bit of a stall, but not that major. So we can get these bikes up and moving and get this industry still progressing. I know a lot of companies that are still closed. They've laid off people and furloughed people. So it's quite a mess out there, but let's get it through it together. Let's go riding. Let's talk to each other. Let's be kind. Let's go trail ride. Let's go have a good time. Enjoy life. Be outdoors. If you can stay six feet away, do that. I know it's tough at times. I'm not very, very good at it either, but let's enjoy this the stuff that we call dirt bikes, right? I'm not going to get all rhino on you, but I love this stuff so much. It helps my psyche. And of course, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you guys are about as crazy as can be, just like me with these things. So um, enjoy yourselves, be safe, and hopefully next week we'll have some added information on some more off-road stuff. So be on the lookout for that. And of course, I'm old school. I like to read stuff in print. Go subscribe to RacerX Online. They have all different kinds of articles, stories, and features that are not on their website. It's very cool. Unlike me, I just have a website. They got different stuff in their print magazine. One of the only, I think, three publications that are actually still pushing out print products. So that's very cool. Go subscribe. RacerX. Cool stuff. I will see you at the track or maybe on the trail. You never know. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.